Greetings, ladies and gentlemen, Force users of all ages, and welcome to Inside the Tauntaun, a Star Wars podcast where we get to the guts of what makes Star Wars meaningful to us. My name is Daniel Dawson, and I am your host for this episode. Across from me sits Alyssa Simmons. Hello. And Dino Nicandros. Hello. And by God, we're Star Wars fans. Uh, I thought they smelled bad on the outside. Star Wars inside the Tauntaun. This is our podcast opening song. Alyssa, Daniel, and Dino talking about Star Wars. Like and subscribe. <laughs> Welcome back, everybody. So today, we're going to talk about diversity. Diversity. (laughs) How do you spell it? I thought that was a... D-I-V... I I don't know how to spell it. A ship during the Civil War era. (laughs) Welcome to Diversity Day. Whoop, whoop, whoop. We're talking about it. Uh, But yeah, also specifically um, about in the Star Wars universe. Yes. You know, about like where it is now and maybe where it's going. And And why it's important. Yeah. And yeah, all that good stuff. Why is it important to you? Um, To me, it's important because I am a gay person. Oh my God, me too. What? I know. Get out of town. Shocking. Oh no. And so, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's important to me to feel represented. Yeah. And it's important to me to see normal relationships that are like like that of, of mine and my wife. Wouldn't that be great? It'd be awesome. Oh man. That would be great. And of course Dino definitely hates all of the queers. <laughs> I mean Dino is an ally. Ally. He's an ally of, of the rebellion. Of the rebellion yeah. and the queer rebellion. Yeah. God bless that man. Yeah. So um, we're going to dive on in and, and start talking about uh, some of the casting choices that have been made in the last couple of movies. Well, yeah. So um, I, I kind of thought I, I should talk a little bit about uh, color conscious casting versus color blind casting. Um, and, and for all of you that don't really know what that is, um, I mean, it sort of is what it sounds like. Color conscious casting well, actually, let's start with colorblind yeah, casting. Yeah, colorblind casting was the the sort of old way of doing things. Right. Yeah, and it's sort of basically like we're just we don't we don't we don't think about color. We're just gonna cast whoever is the best at the role, you know. And uh, color conscious casting is actually making a conscious decision to make the film or whatever it is to. Uh, to represent what the actual population looks like. <laughs> yeah, so um, it's it's starting to be done a little bit more. Yeah. Um, we, you know, luckily have seen some examples of it in in our field in in uh, musical in, in musical theater, theater yeah. with with Hamilton mm-hmm. and with Hades Town. Yeah. Um. So so it's it's a conscious, deliberate decision to be putting people of color in roles which i think is amazing and incredibly yeah. important mm-hmm. and also uh you know people of the lgbtq 
variety as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. Mm-hmm. I mean, we, we've always ruled over musical theater. but <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, can I talk about being a minority oh, in musical theater? Oh, God, I'm so sorry. You oh, poor straight so white hard man. For you. Representation. <laughs> you poor guy. Um, but poor, within, poor the, within the Star Wars universe, um, you did you listen to a, an interview with J.J. Abrams? Or? So I, I know. I didn't listen to an interview, but um, I, I read an article. Um, yeah, recently, J.J. Abrams and Katie McGrath, who's the CEO of Bad Robot. Bad um, Robot! Bad Robot! Um, they spoke at the Upfront Summit in Los Angeles. Um, and you never heard of it, but I'm sure it's amazing. Um, <laughs> and they discussed bringing more diversity to the Star Wars universe. And... Um, uh, she basically was – she said that like, in the earliest stages um, they talked about um, if we have this moment, this privilege, what do we want to do with it is what uh, Katie McGrath said. And I, I like the fact that she – they kind of like know that making a Star Wars film is a privilege. It's a cultural moment. Itself. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And uh, so it's like super important. So um, – and it said if we have this moment, this privilege, what do we want to do with it? Uh so the Force Awakens, the first of the two Star Wars films that Abrams would helm, um, and not that uh, sorry, and not from a place of being preachy or feeding people spinach is what she was saying, um, just from a place of anytime you have a privilege, you have an obligation. Period. That's just how we try to live our lives. That was a quote from from Katie McGrath. Um, so basically, yeah, just like they have the privilege, they know that it's a privilege, and they have like an important role to play in casting what the population actually looks like um and abrams uh he said he thought about building this story with the female protagonist a set of four main characters one of whom was latinx one of whom was a nigerian londoner one of whom was a woman a white woman and one of whom was a white guy and he said, how, um, she said, how can we find a way to have every kid who's going to see that movie see a version of themselves in a way that isn't often considered at scale? Um, they also talked about Bad Robot and how they, mm. how they run their company. Um, and they, they believe that, like, you know, ha- half of the people interviewed should be women, first of all. <laughs> great. Uh, a great start. And there. at least 40% should be people of color. Uh, but yeah, over half of Bad Robot's leadership team are women, which is amazing. 55% of all employees are women, and nearly half are people of color as a result of this rule. So, interesting. That's, that's awesome. Uh, Alyssa and I were kind of talking uh, before we started recording. Uh, Why didn't you save it for the podcast? Dang it! Because we needed to filter it to make sure we didn't sit We say, no. needed to. Um, so when they say, uh, you know, at least 40% should be a my, you know, a minority interview or a, a casting. Um, I've heard it said that there, you know, wh- why would each minority group be lumped into that same 40%? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So like 60% white and then 40% for everybody else. <laughs> sure. Right. Which is, uh, I don't know, kind of an mm-hmm. interesting uh, a point that was made. It was like, well, how, how do you go about diversifying the... Uh, that 40 percent that 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 element of diversity that you want well sure yeah because you're, you're you don't want do you break that like... down by population how it's represented do you, i mean do you right. really is, do you go into a full-blown really like 10 you know 10 percent women and then like another 10 percent people of color and another mm-hmm. 10 is like because the, the majority of the of, of that 40 percent is latinx sure in, in our in the united states anyway. yeah mm-hmm. right um, right 
But we're talking about the world. Well, yes. especially with films like Star Wars. Yes. Right. So, Absolutely. So it's, it's an how do you how do you phenomenon. approach? Yeah. How do I, you accommodate everybody at once? And can you? And should you attempt to? I think. I mean, I know that we can. Yeah, <laughs> we are, I, we are capable. I know. Well, that if we, anyone could, Star Wars could. Such yeah, exactly. A large exactly. Galaxy. When you have such a large, a large umbrella, that that this whole world lives underneath, you right. you have the ability to totally do that. Yeah. Um, and it is something that we, you know, from from the original trilogy, from the prequel trilogy, did not see much of. Sure. Um, Mace Windu and Natalie Portman. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So that's like, yeah. So that's like three characters, right? In this whole entire universe. And, um, (laughs) sure, sure, sure. (laughs) Sorry. Sure. Um, and, uh, one thing that I was, uh, researching, which, um, I ish knew about, but not, not to this, uh, extent, is the, um, Bechtel test. Which um, is named after Alison Bechtel, who's a. Um, I love her. Oh my she's gosh. A, a comic and a writer. Who is she? Oh, okay, gotcha. Yeah, Fun Home. Oh, you know? right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Fun Home is a musical about her life. Um, and uh, so the Bechtel test was created as a measure, uh, as a measure of the representation of women in fiction. Mm-hmm. So there's three main things that have to pass in order for it to be like given the thumbs up right and uh number one is that the movie has to have at least two women in it Mm -hmm. uh number two they have to talk to each other (laughs) and number three and they they have to talk to each other about something other than a man wow so if you think about it in those terms yes uh princess leia was extremely revolutionary in that she was this like powerful princess who like ultimately saved all the men and mm-hmm. everything but like those films did not pass the Bechtel test the originals yeah right the originals did not mm. yes we had a super strong female lead but it didn't pass the test well interesting so uh, that 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 kind of goes into like my next question then so mm-hmm. like with this new trilogy yeah. do you feel like they kind of like hit the nail on the head with like with you know the color conscious casting and also with uh you know um the Bechtel test um in some ways yes in a lot of ways no Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um I think we have a super strong female protagonist yeah which is dope uh we do have her talking to and she has a great art other women that so I'm just like going like specifically with the Bechtel test oh yeah 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 like that's um, we have her talking to Leia. We have her talking to. Does she have scenes with Rose? With uh, I don't remember if she did. Well, because I mean, they basically cut her out of the. Well, I was gonna say I. They were in the same room together, but this is. but this is where the problem this was. This is why this is why like the test is such an important thing. But yeah. originally, I think she. I remember Kelly Marie Tran was saying on the press tour, I'm so excited that Ray and I finally got to mm. have uh, more time together. Yeah, kind of kind of learn about each other instead of just in passing in Last Jedi and then it Then it didn't just happen didn't at all. There was nothing. Well, <laughs> yeah, it didn't happen. I, but, apparently most of it on the cutting room floor. Right. So, There's yeah. a whole other movie on the cutting room floor. So mm-hmm. that's I a bummer. That that's movie. a big bummer. It would have been really awesome to see a person of Vietnamese American 
descent be mm-hmm. a larger part in the, in the film? And apparently she was. <laughs> apparently, apparently she was. Mm-hmm. Um, so um, that's the Bechtel test, uh, which is an interesting thing to kind of like know about and think about. Well, so 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 I mean, but did did the did it pass? Did it pass? Mm-hmm. I don't think so. So so none of the new films did. I. I mean, correct me if you f- feel wrong, but I mean, if, I, <laughs> if you feel different, I, mean, I feel wrong. I feel wrong. No, I mean, if you feel differently, because they they the last, movie has well, two women. I think it, Last Jedi. Last did. Jedi did because she had more scenes with. Well, Harry, well, Le- Leia and Haldo. Leia, Leia yeah. and Haldo as well. Yes, and, yes, uh, yes, that's true. And Maz so Kanata. Think, and they were yeah, not so talking think, about just dudes. I think uh, Last Jedi and The Rise of Skywalker. Yes, they passed. But, but Force Awakens maybe not. Force Awakens didn't, because you did she ever have any female any female scenes parts. with other women where they weren't talking about a man? Uh, Do you well, know what I'm saying? Well, the Maz Kanata scene. Well, they were talking about Luke. They were yeah. talking uh, about you're right, Luke. You're right. You're Do you know right. what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But but they did have a scene. Well, I, I guess Luke, Luke was kind of the central conversation, but they did talk about what Ray's destiny was and what. Mm-hmm. I. I would say it like ish passed. Yeah. Yeah, uh, but the fact that we can't clearly state sure. with a, with without a doubt in our minds, yep, it passed, means it probably didn't completely pass. <laughs> that that specific thing. With that being said, we we do have Ray as our yeah. as our hero in in this last uh, prequel, which is mm-hmm. very important. Oh yeah, to women, it's very important just for everyone that's yeah. that's the thing about uh diversity i think is it's it's important for everyone yeah honestly yeah um and uh there is another test there is another there's another test <laughs> there is another. um called the Vito russo test Vito russo Yes. What's that? And um, this takes its name from celebrated film historian and GLAAD co-founder Vito Russo. Yes. Whose book, The Celluloid Closet, remains a foundational analysis of, of LGBTQ portrayals in Hollywood film. Mm-hmm. So this is the barometer for the Vito Russo test. I'm very and curious about Now this. we're going to talk about the Vito Russo test in conjunction with Star Wars characters and the Star Wars universe. Tell me all about it. So to pass the Vito Russo test, the following must be true. Number one, the film contains a character that is identifiably lesbian, gay, bisexual, and or transgender. Okay. Two, the character must not be solely or predominantly defined by their sexual orientation or gender identity. Mm-hmm. Okay. For example, they are made up of the same sort of unique character traits commonly used to differentiate straight characters from one another. Mm-hmm. And the final one is that the LGBTQ plus character must be tied into the plot in such a way that their removal would have a significant effect. Meaning they are not there to simply provide colorful commentary, paint urban authenticity, or perhaps most commonly, set up a punchline. The character should matter. Whoops. We didn't get that so... in these movies. That's unfortunate. <laughs> so so this this is a these are some very strict guidelines. Yeah, those are pretty strict, especially since like I don't know if that that's that's so even Man. not not even in Star Wars films, just in films in general, that's mm-hmm. like so rare. 
And uh, I, I must have – oh, here we go. I have um, – I mean, it's obviously something that we Here. should definitely strive for. But so in two thousand in two thousand eighteen, thirteen only thirteen of the LGBTQ inclusive films released by major studios uh, passed the Vito Russo test. <laughs> wow! Wait, three? Thirteen. Thirteen. Sorry. In two thousand eighteen. And I say think how that in, in twenty nineteen, it like went down. It went down to like seven, <laughs> which is good. like good, good, good. Yikes! Good. Come on, guys. Good. Um. So, yeah, so that's a small number. We know how many films are released right. every year by major mm-hmm. major um, pr- uh, production Studio. companies and studios. So, yeah, yeah so well, for I mean, us. Because in this, this the, the newest films, I mean, we only got, you know, one hint of a, of a, of a gay thing. Um, yes. And it was the, you, if you blinked, you would have missed it. Um, right at the end of Rise of Skywalker. Yeah, yeah. there's a nice little. Well. Little kiss from from uh, Commander um, DeAcey. Yeah, played by Amanda Lawrence. And then you know her, maybe her girlfriend or, or yeah, maybe just know. some chick she she grabbed because well, she I, was really excited. We I, don't know. I think I had read there was uh, another cutting room floor scene where you saw them together oh. again. Ne- not great. necessarily. I, I don't know if it, it was another romantic moment, yeah, but just you, you got you got context mm-hmm. of the, You're like they're the, together. Yeah. Sure. There's someone they care about. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, um, but that, yeah, be- was... that being said, that the Vito Russo test, we have not had any anything in the Star Wars universe that has truly passed no. all of those guidelines. I, I, w- I would say the Last Jedi. I I I hesitate to use the word approached because we found out after the well, kind of while the movie was out mm-hmm. uh, uh, that Admiral Haldo was and this is the big problem potentially bisexual mm-hmm. uh, in Claudia Gray's book um, uh, Leia Princess of Alderaan mm. uh, uh, you get a sense for Leia and Haldo's relationship and uh, they have this passing conversation about uh, uh about people they're into, and, oh, and, and okay. Le- Leia chuckles and says, "Well, it's just humanoid males for me." And Halder replies to her, oh, "Really? That's so limiting. Thank goodness it's a large galaxy." <laughs> and that was kind of the first. Yeah, yeah. And I think I think that we do. Well, we have. It's just it's just the fact of it. We have seen more uh, lesbian and bisexual women in the Star Wars universe yeah. than than men. Sure. Yeah. Um. Because it's, I think like, that's it's just a, like more, it's, it's more generally acceptable. Yeah, I think it is. I think is, that's you know, a that's a human sexuality conversation yeah, as well. Definitely. That uh, probably if you interviewed a bunch of people, they would say that they are, you know, half of the people would say they're more comfortable with uh, women being with other women than yeah. they are uh, with uh, the idea of two men being together. Yeah. Um, and bisexuality as well. Um, I ooh, I have a really cool thing since I'm talking about it now, but um, this is kind of like a Reddit hole that I went down. Oh, no. But I love it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So uh, uh, Ahsoka, Tano. Yeah. uh, There's a a young young adult book called Ahsoka by E.K. Johnston. Mm -hmm. And I have not read it yet, but after reading this, like I really want to now, although it's probably just like, 
a little wink in the story and I'll be like, where is the gay stuff? <laughs> <laughs> but still, it's like, you know, we all just like hope for those like little little moments that are that are affirming and well even to the point where like i i've now like made up oh every every stories. every gay star wars fan <laughs> has because they're like i would love to i would love to see some characters like yeah, that yeah. that would be amazing yeah. um so um in this uh this book um there's a character uh who's a girl called Caden Larte and she we don't know if she's uh, gay, identifies as gay or bisexual, but it's one or the other. And she falls in love with Ahsoka. Hmm. Wait, is this fan fiction or is this a canon story? It's a canon no, story. There's, there's oh! Canon. So the cool thing about that, and this is what I would like, I personally would like to see more of, is like there's no like coming out moment for Kaden. Yeah. She just. It's existence. She just, she is, just is. And she has feelings for Ahsoka. That's all we and, want. That's all we want. And um, Ahsoka, uh, you don't know for certain how she feels. Mm. Uh, there's a lot of like speculation there. They're like, oh, she had feelings for Anakin. Boop, 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 boop. But um, this Sniffs. person, this person on Reddit, uh, talks about this, and I want to see what you guys think. Mm. Um, so uh, Ahsoka has a reputation as a gray Jedi, neither light nor dark, a balance between the two. Mm -hmm. This is alluded to in the book with her choosing the code name Fulcrum as a yeah. call sign. Her lightsaber colors also indicate this. Uh, this is where her sexuality, or my interpretation of it, comes into play. She oh, grows she grows fond of Caden, daring rescues, lingering thoughts, etc. I feel like there might be something there, as much as something could be for someone trained to avoid romantic attachments. Right. The parallel between Grey Jedi and bisexuality is just something I can't get out of my head. I think it really adds something to her character, and to think that a character I love so much as bisexual is really neat to me. The subtle way the author handled sexuality in this book makes me feel like I'm not overthinking it, but I haven't consumed all the Ahsoka-related canon yet. The importance of love, and by extension, sexuality, is relevant to the Star Wars universe. It's how we ended up with Vader in the first place. Love and its associated acts and feelings have impacts upon the Force. So I feel like having a gray Jedi be bisexual is a very important idea. Totally. So the, I just... Yeah, I'm, it's another aspect I, of duality. It's, I really, really mm -hmm. liked that. And um, just the idea of like love in its relation and like love and therefore also sexuality in its relation to the Force. To well, yeah. And because they, you know, in the, um, you know, the Jedi sort of like don't want you to love because they mm -hmm. think that it leads to the dark side you know and that that like the idea um well, I mean, it causes I, it causes confusion ir irrationality in any, in, yeah yeah in, I mean, any, it's... in any way love at some point is going to and they're not confusion. wrong it is irrational mm -hmm. it is yeah at times uh it is passion can be passion. well i should preface that there's all different kinds of love but uh if we're talking in the context of jedi passionate love and and uh, as opposed to benevolence. I love Girl Scout cookies. <laughs> that's that, that's, that's the straightest thing you've ever love. said. <laughs> and also the gayest at the same time. So, uh, yeah, I thought that was really interesting. And its look on, you know, sexuality yeah. in relation to important Star Wars stuff. Not not just only yeah. seeing, seeing um, 
diverse characters represented in mm-hmm. Star Wars, but also just for that, the the sort of struggle between between light and dark and between well and and uh, that's very interesting i hadn't thought about her her bisexuality before but what i find so interesting about ahsoka is that she's one of the one of the first if not the first star wars lead woman who has really no sexualization attached Mm -hmm. to her Mm -hmm. no like the romantic parts of her uh and some say perhaps are hinted at but yeah some say that for ray as well yeah, she's, yeah, she's yeah. a fairly asexual character. Totally. Yeah. I, well, and it depends on how you read the whole Ben thing. I sure. Mean, right. I, 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 I'm kind of in the camp of the moment they they saw each other in Force Awakens. I was like, I'm, I'm a Raylo guy. And I was well, like, yeah, there is some it's, sexual... Uh, how do you feel about it? Do, I, you, I, do you think it's a sexual connection I, between them? I didn't get that. And so so when it, when the kiss happened in Rise of Skywalker, it took me by surprise. I was like, oh, oh. And oh, as a, I mean, oh as okay. A, and as maybe a, it's just because I'm a gay man, and I just yeah. like wasn't. I think. I think. That. Well, part of it's the eye of the beholder. That's sure. always yeah, that's always absolutely. been Star Wars. Mm-hmm. And there's mm-hmm. the famous Mark Hamill quote. Uh, I think he said it in uh, Time Magazine, where someone someone had asked him, "Is Luke Skywalker gay?" And he said, "If you think he is, he is." Yeah. Oh, I love that. Yeah. Why is uh, having diversity within the casting and within the Star Wars storytelling important to you, Daniel? To me? Yeah, to you specifically. Well, like, I what mean, would that mean for you to see, to I mean, see someone like oh, you? Oh man, I mean, especially as like a kid growing up, mm-hmm. I think that would have been really important, like in my development of like just like who I am and like yeah. understanding, like what it is, like the thoughts and the feelings that I had in my head. Because I mean, like for so long, I didn't even know that like it was an option. I just like I think that my heart's broken. It just doesn't work. Mm. <laughs> Very sad. Um, but yeah, it wasn't really until like college, honestly, until I yeah. like you know was able to really completely understand like what was going on there. But even then I fought it. It's like, no, that sure. can't be right. Sure. But I mean, um, because we're just like, you know, in, uh, in culture, I mean, well, at least up until that point, like it had been pretty taboo and it's still, it's so funny even now, even, even though we're well, like quote unquote at... more diverse, it's just like, yeah, but it look still at the, is totally taboo. Look at the numbers and yeah. look at, look at the, that test and everything. Vita Russo. Totally. Like, none and of the films pass that test. Pass that test. Yeah. And really, honestly, we're not looking for like necessarily like a, a gay love story in Star Wars. I am. But I mean, it would be amazing. That would be really, really cool. I would love it so I, much. And there's so I, much I opportunity. Am. There's so much opportunity. But I mean, like the yeah. Oh God. Like just the idea of like the the the, the fighting between like the dark and the light and mm-hmm. the um and and love. There's and, so much to explore oh, there. Oh my God, so much, so to, much explore. to explore. Gee, many Christmas. But I mean, yeah, it, it doesn't have to be feel forced or preachy or like you know we're pushing the gay agenda down your darn throats. But yeah. it's like I don't it, even need it to pass the the that full Vito Russo test. No. I think that it just would be as long as they're not the punchline, you know? Right. Yeah, well, as, okay, as actually long it's, it's funny that you mentioned like that. Like they're secondary characters. The I, I like, actually the token. Do. Yeah. Well, that's, like, that, that's the thing. It's uh, like you you never want uh someone of color or uh, someone of a different sexual background to be uh the token. Right. Yes. Of of that group. Or, or, or just to make sure you've checked all the boxes. Yeah. We got one. That's all. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I, um, I was going to say like, uh, <laughs> I was thinking that it, like, you know, missed opportunities as far as like gay uh-huh, characters in uh-huh, Star Wars. Uh-huh. And, um, and I, I thought like one of them, like they probably could have easily done, but I'm glad that they didn't because 
again, it would have been like, oh, he's the he's the butt of everybody's joke. Of course, he's the gay one. But like, if like General Hux was gay, you know what I mean? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. They because could, they could have found some. It totally would have to... been super easy. But I'm again, we've seen like the gay evil character before, you know. But like, right. we don't really right need where, where that. it's passed off as eccentricity. And, mm-hmm. yeah, 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 exactly right. So that like overdone. But I mean, honestly. The the and I think I may have said it already, but like the the Poe Finn bromance that was forming, it just well. If you ask Oscar Isaac, he said right. He he's, said it. He's, he's said like it. if you if yeah. if you're asking me, I have the quote here somewhere. He oh, said, I want to hear it. Um, yeah, he was talking to Ellen Ellen DeGeneres about Force Awakens. Yeah, and he said, I think it's a very subtle romance that's happening. You have to watch it a few times to see the little hints. At least I was playing romance in the cockpit. I was playing romance. I mean, when that bitch bit his bottom lip after yeah, he like gave him his jacket, I was like, oh. Well, no, I, he- I actually like have I like I after the movie I like bought both of their Funko Pop little like characters and I put them right next to each other <laughs> on top of my mantle. <laughs> they're cute. so cute, and then it didn't happen, and it was very sad. Or it, it did, and they're just not did, calling. And they're it, just but. not. But yeah, here's the here's the funny thing actually, because I actually told. Uh, I mean, I'm I'm telling this to the audience now, but um, <laughs> there was a really funny article um, where. It was fake, obviously. It didn't really happen, but I, I, we'll just say that this is canon now. Um, that J.J. Uh, Abrams actually did make Poe and Finn gay, but they just weren't attracted to each other. Yep. yep. <laughs> Such a cop-out. <laughs> <It> just... <laughs> yeah, they just didn't find each other attractive, so... Also... But, which is not... that That's not possible, because, I mean, no, if you watch you Force Awakens, you look. They are into each other. Yeah, it, there's some hilarious, like, um, you know, BuzzFeed and, like, other, uh, I found this, uh, this, this, not an, even an article, really, it's just, like, some photos, but it's, like, in a gay galaxy far, far away, nine Star Wars character who we've decided are queer. <laughs> 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 and obviously, obviously, um, Poe and Finn are yes. on the list, and, Is Snoke um, on the list? No, with that God. gold no, robe. No, yeah, the gold robe. He's so fabulous. The, yeah. job, the, the job slippers. Of the hut is though. <laughs> <laughs> ah! He's setting back relations oh, with homosexuals Holy thirty years. Shit! But so my favorite thing that, that they said about Finn and Poe is that. Um, <laughs> Plus, they're sharing clothing. Straight guys might lend each other a jacket every now and then, but not their entire outfit, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Ah. So that got me so good. Wait, who else is on that list? Oh, let me tell you. Oh, yeah, tell us the whole list. list. I like it. Okay, so they say say Luke Skywalker, bisexual space wizard. Okay. I would say, yeah, I I don't know. I would say bisexual at best for him. Yeah, and then they did the Mark Hamill quote, Luke is whatever his audience wants him to be, so you can decide for yourself. Um, He also loves his sister. (laughs) Yeah, he was pretty into into that at the moment. He certainly (laughs) was. That's a different... Uh, Jabba the Hutt, intersex crime lord. (laughs) Sure. And many portrayals, um, he's entirely intersex, so in addition to flouting the law and society's restrictive beauty standards... Jabba also crushes the gender binary. Way to go! Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then in parentheses says, "Too bad he's evil." Oh uh, yeah, I know. Um, they put Ray on here. Sure. They mm. uh, think that she uh, she's very busy. Papa boop. She's surrounded by gorgeous resistance fighters, and mm. she'd rather play with a little spherical droid. Cute. She's the space opera equivalent of a cat lady, and we <laughs> love her. <laughs> 
this person who wrote yeah, this because okay, to. R.S. Benedict, oh, you're hilarious. Good job, R.S. This is on Hornet.com. Gosh darn it, that's funny. And then um, Pone Finn, and then this one I really loved, and I want to know what you guys think and feel. Mm-hmm. Um, this is um, Chirut and Bays. Oh. Rogue One. Oh yeah. Um, so. Um, they're calling them interfaith husbands, which I think is like really sweet. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, uh, our force-aligned monks and his personal protector. Um, ba ba ba. This guy says uh, I enjoyed their old married couple vibe, though I didn't really think much of it until a sweet little moment when Baze tells Chirut that he doesn't need the force if he's got him. It was so sweet. So that's like, you know, people can argue that that's like a friendship thing, but I think it it's above that. It's a partnership thing. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. regardless like a, of whether it's a romantic no, thing I was between say, them, like a, it's a partnership. It, it's a desexualized but mm-hmm. companionship. I mean, there's a mm-hmm. companionship. Yeah, they're companions. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then mm. uh, we have, of course. Another kind of love. Another kind yeah. of love. We have uh, C-3PO. Oh, yeah. Golden Gay Protocol Joy. <laughs> um, you know, he's fussy and effeminate. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, the final person on this list is... Yeah, R2-D2 is, is definitely R2-D2. the top, for sure. Yes. And they call him uh, pansexual agender. <laughs> good, um, good. Sassy good, as all good. Yes, rolling trash can save droid, quiet, quietly the queerest in the universe. Yeah, C-3PO he is a bossy bottom, He all of the boxes, sure. more or less agender. He whips that data probe out at every opportunity, and he usually saves the galaxy as a result. Ugh, I love mm. it. I so, love it so that's much. Cute. So that's pretty much, like, I think a big thing uh, within, like, gay Star Wars fans. And I also found out that the biggest Star Wars collector yeah. is a gay man. So that's oh. kind of cute. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. He has, like, an enormous is warehouse. It me? It's you. Oh, my God, this oh. whole time. Congratulations. Oh. Wow. Uh, but he has like an enormous warehouse with like oh, over like three hundred thousand merchandise and like Dang. stuff. Um, I should know his name, but I don't. Um, uh, are there so other other um, gay characters that you guys want to talk about? Well, in the novels, and I've yes. I've I've been working my way through them for the last four years, kind of as I haven't reached all of them yet, but as they've come out, and one, uh, well, there are a couple characters in particular. Uh, uh, the first one is uh, an imperial, mm. which is a high-ranking imperial officer, which is really interesting. Um, it's set uh, in the uh, novel *Lords of the Sith* by Paul Kemp. Cool. This, by the way, uh, just a side note: this novel is about uh, Emperor Palpatine and Vader basically going on a a buddy buddy mission together. <gasps> oh, I thought oh. you were gonna say that they were gay. No, 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 like, no, ah! no, 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 no. What? But but uh, and dark. but you want to you want to talk about tree. like a yeah. dysfunctional relationship? Ooh, spooky. Yeah, that's fun. I love that. And there are moments when like uh, Vader considers like offing him. Ooh. He's like, this is this is it. Oh, I gotta read. That. Anyway, that's so there great. there's a uh, there's a kind of a chief secondary character named um, Moff Delian Moores, mm. um, and she's a, a regional governor, kind of in the Tarkin ilk. Uh, but when we find her, she's, uh, in a really depressed state. She's taken to doing the Star Wars equivalent of drugs. She doesn't like spices and stuff. And mm-hmm. she's really let herself go. We find yeah. out it's because, uh, she was in a same sex marriage mm-hmm. and her 
her wife died in a uh, speeder crash. Oh, so she's really let herself kind of go. But she's yeah. she's super cerebral, and she personally steps in to, to dig Vader and Palpatine out of a mess. Uh, but they find themselves in. and uh, So that, that, that was a really uh, interesting dynamic and uh that someone that high up in the imperial military you know quietly had this mm-hmm. relationship and uh, it's just i wish i read cr- crushing her crushing listen her to it on tape yeah oh that's a good idea yeah you need to read this yeah, one. listen to it on tape or listen to i'll it. do that um, i don't read yeah download it for your runs and stuff Ooh, no, yeah. lords of the sith by i've Paul got Count. the runs <laughs> For you heard running, it, everybody. Mary. For running, you you, you teed him up. <laughs> I did. I, I said that you one did. Up. You gave me a poop joke. Um, Thank you. But another another great character uh, uh, who is prevalent in the aftermath trilogy of books, which these were among the first of the Disney era that were kind of filling in the time between uh, Return of the Jedi, the immediate end of Return of the Jedi, and Force Awakens. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's about. The, about the year following Endor, where the Empire is still trying to hold on, but it's it's not looking good. So there's this imper- ex-Imperial intelligence officer named uh, Sinjir Rathvelis. Mm. Uh, he's a, as I said, he's a former Imperial who defected right after Endor and started uh, helping the Rebellion. Uh, and he, uh, as the I don't want to spoil the books for you, but... Uh, Too late. <laughs> but uh, as time progresses through the books, we find out... Well, he's had this really... Um, he's really standoffish. Uh, he's not a really easily approachable guy. One, because of all the things he was forced to do as an Imperial. But he has intimacy issues. Aww. Come to find out, he is gay. Aww. Uh, he does end up with a guy... Um, how did I not know about all these canon? Because you need to read, oh, Daniel. I don't want to read. read. But I'm telling you, there's so many yeah, flavors of so Star Wars. Many. Yeah, in the books especially, um, they they go there. My <laughs> <laughs> he really wants to know where he is. Your know. boyfriend wants you to read. Yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. Or at gotcha. least um, download them. For <laughs> God's sake. Uh, but we, so he's in this relationship with this guy, but he doesn't want to. Uh, um really engage in public displays of affection or really Mm -hmm. wear it on their sleeve. But this guy uh, reassures him that the planet they're going to stay on is a quote-unquote tolerant world, which uh, lends kind of a a broader perspective of homosexuality. They're not necessarily down with it. Sure, in Star Wars. Mm. Or at least under... So it kind of does reflect the uni- like our universe A little well, bit. Which that's is... the first time I've ever seen it presented in that oh, manner. That, that's great. It. It's like, I can dig it. That maybe that is a, a hidden thing. Yeah. That's very interesting. Or it's not a normal... Uh, yeah. Oh, God, I guess I need to go guess read you a need book. To yeah, read you've got Jesus a lot to God. do, my friend. Um, uh, but, you know, um, what was I going to say? Know. And there are a couple. Know. I think there are a couple other like really yeah, secondary they have, characters. Um, I mean, if you ever played the uh, Knights of the Old Republic, yes, game on, um, <gasps> which the, is getting a sequel, which apparently. is a prequel. Yeah. Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa! Um, so if you have played that, you know about the um, female character Juhani. Do you guys know about her? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
I never played. Okay, it. I'm very. Sad I didn't. About that. I didn't either. So um, I'm not a. It was on a system I didn't have. Yes, me too. Um, but right. this is kind of interesting, and and I I love this kind of thing. Um, she was the first lesbian character in the whole entire Star Wars universe Whoa. by accident. <laughs> so what happened was um, it featured the game featured many customizable elements. Okay. And due to an early error in the game, players were able to pursue a lesbian romance oh my God, with the female that. character Juhani. So the 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 romance was, but it never, was never meant to be. The romance was never canon or meant to be, but yeah. um, it gave queer fans hope. Uh, so I love that. it was like truly an absolute accident. That well, that's amazing. And this isn't on the uh, sexuality discussion, but uh, those games in particular are are filled with great female characters. Yeah, mm. that's awesome. Uh, some great uh, a great villain, the the centerpiece of the second game. Uh, was this woman named Darth Darth Treus, Darth mm. Treya, mm. who who Treya. the who the entire for most of the game, uh, she kind of serves as your spiritual advisor, but she's cut herself off from the Force. Where you find out she's actually a Sith Lord who was betrayed by <gasps> a couple other Sith Lords. Ooh, Dang, that's cool. Uh, so so there's a great storytelling happening. Mm-hmm. I, I suppose. It hasn't yet made its way to the screen in totality, oh, but it's that. happening. That's cool. Yeah. Um, there's another gay character that you need to download the book. <laughs> Damn it. Um, God, all these things are going to uh, In the Legacy of the Force series. Okay. Written by The Legacy Karen, of the Fox. Uh, by Karen Travis. And in 2006, she introduced the readers to Goran Bavine. Mm. who is one of Boba Fett's most trusted Mandalorian lieutenants mm. and a total mo. <laughs> <laughs> um, is that the, is that a quote? <laughs> yes. Okay, good. Great. And um he's married to a fellow Mandalorian warrior. Oh, okay. Medrit Vassar. So they were the first um openly gay couple in Star Wars history. Oh, but not, not in Mandalore. Well, it's and yes. it's, it's not canon anymore. So but, many but, Mandalorians are gay. We all know that. We all know. We all know. We all know yes. that. But, um, canon. I, it's canon? No, it's not canon. It's not canon. It's not canon. Okay, fine. But, um, fine. This was... But we can hope. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, now I want to ask you both the question where would you like to see. Boop! <laughs> I'm dead. <laughs> um, where, where and how. Hmm. Would you like to see more diversity within the Star Wars world? Well, I'll tell you where I think that they might be going. Let's hear it. Okay. All right. Well, I I don't know. I'm sure a lot of you all picked up on, like, the end of Rise of Skywalker with Lando mm-hmm. Calrissian mm-hmm. and um, Janna. Um, and it just, you know, she, you know, it, <laughs> uh, I can absolutely see a Star Wars film, uh that uh like where finn is finding out more about his force sensitivity and what that means um and while in uh, relation to janna as well yeah she, she like alluded to that, that. she's like oh i felt the force mm-hmm, too mm-hmm. yeah totally and then of course like while lando is helping janna figure out where she's from um maybe even a potential love story for finn and janna because that kind of seemed like it was maybe oh, gonna maybe. be a thing yeah, who knows maybe. i mean even though he should totally be with poe damn it <laughs> 
Um, but yeah, I, I think it's almost, I, I think it's already like been confirmed that Jana is Lando's long lost daughter. Um, which, why, why because was that? In, in the Rise of Skywalker. Well, just... it, it's interesting because I, I was reading um, in the Rise of Skywalker visual dictionary yes. companion book. It says, when peace reigned, Lando attempted to start a family, but tragedy struck and his infant daughter vanished. It was only later that it became clear who the culprits behind the abduction were. The First Order. Building their fighting forces, but also specifically striking out at the Old Alliance leadership. So um, Janet in Rise of Skywalker explains to Finn how she was kidnapped by the First Order when she was a child. And at the end of Rise of Skywalker, Lando asks Janna where she's from. And she says she doesn't know. And then he was like, well, let's find out. I mean, like, <laughs> confirmed. Much, it's confirmed. Much. They're, yeah, they're confirmed. Right. But they should make that into a movie. And I would totally watch the shit out of that film. Yeah, it would that'd be, be great. Dope. And it would be like, and you know. And to see the three main characters be, be people, people of color. color. Totally. Hell yeah. yeah. I'm in. Yeah. That would be um, great. I think the real opportunity outside of the films is going to be on Disney Plus. Totally, uh, which they're hesitant about. I can, we can well, we can just tell. We can feel it because there's not any, there's not anything for us. You know? Well, not yeah. There's there's not yet uh, one character going back to the novels that I really want to see kind of brought to the forefront uh, uh she she too is in the aftermath books um mm. but she originated in a uh a novel starring some of the the stars of rebels it was mm-hmm. a pre-rebels series uh her name is admiral ray sloan and yes, she, she's yes, black I've heard, yes yeah. i've heard of her yeah. uh she's uh kind of she's an imperial zealot but uh somebody who believes in uh the importance and and, and main of, of maintaining order but she doesn't necessarily approve of the empire's methods but uh near the end of the aftermath trilogy she's one of the few along with hux's father uh and a few other key imperials who leave go to the unknown regions and start the first order so she is one of the creators of the first order but she mm. she uh she gets at some point she gets su- supplanted by snoke Mm. or she kind of brushed aside. We don't know what happens to her, but I would love to see a Disney Plus series that focuses on her kind of like, uh, it's kind of like a, I don't know, a, a counterpoint to, to Thrawn, kind of the, mm. the Ooh, fe- yeah. she's a fe- mm. she's a female Thrawn. She's a brilliant strategist, Dope. really savvy. I love that. Um, Plus, it, we've never we've never seen an entire storytelling of all from imperial First perspective. Order, from imperial perspective, yeah. Well, yeah, they've been afraid really to neat. do it. They touched on doing it in the battlefront, the second battlefront yes. game. They they added in a campaign where uh, you ser- you're uh, uh, you serve as a but, but the imperial equivalent of a marine, special forces. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that'd be dope. It'd um, be so cool to see a whole storytelling of that. And. They don't allow her uh, to remain an imperial for the entire tired of this story, and it kind of became predictable that she switches side when she becomes disillusioned. But what about the people who think the empire is a good idea, mm. but they don't approve of the methods? Mm. And there's kind of this. Uh, the author cited a kind of a, a comparison to to Nazi Germany being like a. I was just thinking that too. Be, being a 
a German military, a career German military officer who's not necessarily a Nazi. Right. If that makes, you know, sure. Th- that mm. it's like, I believe in Germany. I don't believe. Uh, it's like the people who tried to kill him. But being but, complacent. Yeah. In, yeah. In, right. Yeah. Um, mm. it, would add, it would add a, an interesting gray area. Sure. Totally. Um, and it would put a, a black woman at mm-hmm. the forefront mm-hmm. of an imperial mm-hmm. story. That'd be dope. That yeah. would be dope. That'd be great. Yeah. But yeah, um, I, I, it's so funny. Like, but in the future of like, like gay Star Wars, I really don't know. I don't. I don't. I don't. Yeah, I, I, don't, don't I don't. I don't. I don't see the future because it's, it's hard. It's hard to. It's really hard to because we just yeah. don't have anything. Well, I mean, you did say the hope was, and I and I agree with you. Is the hope is that you don't need a giant coming out moment mm-hmm. that you no. just well, you you look up and and, it's and there it is. Oh, that character yeah. is gay. Cool. Yeah. I so, think. Um, I, I think uh, for know, me something that I would really love to see. I would love to see another animated series, perhaps, um, with a female lead Mm -hmm. as well. And uh, I'm like an enormous sucker for coming-of-age stories. Sure. So if she was like, you know, not a white person, first of all. (laughs) Sure. And second of all, you know, 12, 13 years old Mm -hmm. and maybe is training to be a Jedi, similar to like how Ezra discovered his jedi powers in rebels um yeah i just think that it would it would create an opportunity especially in more like children storytelling yes. uh-huh. um there's an amazing amazing cartoon on cartoon network called steven universe that mm-hmm. i am obsessed with uh rebecca sugar is the main writer and creator of the show and uh it uh I could talk about it for 17 hours. But um <laughs> you don't have the time. But essentially it's it's um the the lead in the show is this little little boy called Steven who's half human, half crystal gem and he's raised by four women who are also crystal gems. So that mm. means they have like magical powers. Oh, okay. I was like, what? And um his, They're rocks? Yeah, his mom was a crystal gem and gave up her physical form to have him. Wow. So his gem is like actually his mom's. But anyways, there oh, are this is that's spoiler this alert. Is, Sorry. About that. <laughs> uh, no, you learn about it in the pilot. Oh, whew. But um there's a character on the show called Garnet, um, who's voiced by the uh, singer Estelle. That's the name guys. of a crystal. They're all crystal names. Oh yes. my god. Um and you learn that she's actually a fusion between mm-hmm. two different gems she's sapphire and ruby and they fell in love and became one so there's this whole episode where garnet feels like she has to like come out to steven essentially and these you guys like there's original music in every episode it's so good i I cannot recommend it enough they're like 10 minute episodes but um, star wars needs to do this it would be amazing if Mm -hmm. it was like just little blips like this and so she like sits down with steven and it's like, you know, we wanted to tell you, but we didn't know how. And Steven, and I see this so much with kids in this generation, just immediately responds and is like, you don't have to explain anything to me. <laughs> like, you both love each other, and I love you. And that's so... And that's yeah. it. Yeah. That's literally it's like it. Super and then they normal. Move, and then and they move on with it. NBD. And um, yeah. 
yeah, but that, just, that that kind of a, like a very small gesture means the world. Oh, I cannot imagine. Like it, I I wept when I watched that episode like oh, a I'm year sure ago. Um, and if there was something within the Star Wars universe oh. of of a relationship like that, oh my um, god, you know, with or or a kid coming to grips with you know like that light side dark side thing and mm-hmm. equating feelings of love with with the dark and the light yeah and how that means with ad- what that relates to adolescence and yeah. finding who you are there's so and, much uh, there there's there there's yeah. so much possibility there there's a yeah. lot of so that would be that would be like my mm-hmm. dream if there was like a little series about a female jedi little girl female jedi um in you know correlation with like all those all those different things well i'm calling it right now baby yoda is gay (laughs) you have nothing to back that up no don't he just wants it yeah little baby yoda's a little gay boop boop (laughs) (laughs) oh my god yeah 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 yeah. so that i think that's I think that's our diversity day. Oh my gosh. Oh well you know what though? Hey, if we're gonna hey. close this out, I wanna tell you a story because tell me a story. Um my my little nephew, his name nice. is Isaac. He's now he's just turning five in like a week. Mm-hmm. Um and he, you know, is obviously just like getting Star Wars for the first time. And uh he watched the most recent um uh the most recent trilogy. Um, and, uh, yeah, my nephew, by the way, is black and he, after seeing the movie, he, he was just like, he he was like, Finn looks just like me. (laughs) It's like the sweetest thing. Um, and that's so important. People don't realize like how much of a difference that makes on a little kid's life. Literally. I mean, this little five-year-old that actually really noticed, you know, and, and like if, if, you know, if that doesn't show you like why this is why diversity in films and everything else is so important, I mean, I, I don't know what else will convince yeah. you. But seriously, absolutely, yeah. my little oh, Isaac, that's so sweet, sweet boy. I love that story a lot, and that's what you know, Princess Leia did for me, and hopefully, what we can hope for with this new baby generation Yoda. of Star Wars <laughs> yeah. is a queer baby Yoda. Yeah, that's what we need. <laughs> You know how people, much people would flip out because they they love Baby Yoda so much. (laughs) Oh, I want it so hard. That's great. Putting it out there in the universe. Uh, Oh, God. Well, you guys, what a fun time we've had. Indeed. Yes. Thanks so much for listening. We're ending this now. Yeah. (laughs) This is it. It's it. No more talk of gays after this. Get it out of your system. single whisper. Get it out of your system. Um, So this is... (laughs) <laughs> this is Inside the Tauntaun uh, Star Wars Podcast. I'm Alyssa. I'm Daniel. I'm Dino. And thanks for listening. May the Force be with you. Always. Bye.